Hello and welcome to another episode of the Free on Free podcast. We are a couple of weeks away from the season starting for everybody, not just the Belfast Giants. Um, so let's get into more deep dive, more talk of how the first set of friends have gone and uh, what we think of the new coaches, amongst other things that we'll talk about. Tonight, it is just the three of us. It is Scott and the Diva. John, Scott, how are you, gents? I'm pretty good. Nice to see some actual hockey to talk about. Um, I watched the one game of the weekend, to be fair, but good is back and uh, already things to talk about. So it bodes well. I hope um, whoever listened to uh, the deep dive drinking challenge did okay. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned it again, David. But how are you? I'm good. I'm recovering from the weekend, but playing the hockey tournament. But uh, you've got to give the punters what they want. And hockey fans like a drinking game. So there you go. So um, I hope everyone enjoyed the, the episodes we did. Um, the Dundee one is our most listened to episode. So thank you to that. It was as fun for us as I hope it was for you listening. So um, all good on that front. So, yes, new coaches. We've got a few. Um, and let's start with let's start with Fife. Uh, Scott. You, you pre-record, you're, you're kind of really getting excited about uh, this new coach and what you're hearing, what you're seeing. Start the ball rolling, mate. He's absolutely buzzing. He's 69 years old. You go for the... <laughs> you go and listen to his interviews. He's just he's just a happy chappy. He's bigging up Fife. He's so happy to be here. And I think I actually believe him. He might have pulled the wall over my eyes, but listening to what he says, he... He's happy with his group of players, seemingly so after Sunday night, uh, the 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 4-0 win. But it's it's so refreshing to see a five coach with a bit of oomph. I don't know what you boys think. Totally agree. Must confess, I thought he was about 74. I, I legit thought he was kind of like Neil Warnock kind of uh, age. And I thought, oh my God, bless him when he lasts a season, you know. Um, but yeah, within 30 seconds of listening to the interview, I thought, what a difference as much as everyone loves Dutes and he was five through and through, he was just so monotone and so uninspiring. Um, and if you're a five fan, listening to a guy now that he's clearly got passion, you know, he, he clearly believes in the Brits. I like, he, he bigged up the Brits, that young Finn Page. Oh my God. He went with like, Walker, one of the toughest guys probably in the league this season. And when you've got a kid like that on your roster, that's demanding you play me. You give me ice time. And this coach looks like he'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the signing over the summer. Looked, he's bounced around quite a bit in his previous couple of years. But um, yeah, he seems to love being in Scotland. And hopefully he can make them a competitive team because um, goes well. I'm with you both. Uh, listen to his interview, you like, Wow, this is someone that's energized, and you don't tend to find that as a five coach listening to his interviews. So you know, hundred percent. I I was impressed with how he's bigging up the the Brit players. 
obviously Shane Owen, but I think you'll hear that most weeks anyway. But the Brit players, given the the reputation that Fife have with their Brit players, I think it was great to to hear the coach go, no, these are our guys. They're, they're going to be good. And I think that bodes well with the use of the Brits. That's the one thing they've always, Fife fans have always kind of said on social media, it's like they don't use them well. On that evidence alone, I think we may see that change, uh, which is only good. And like I said, we'll talk about uh, what's happened in the friendlies, but a couple of the five Brits have uh, really um, given themselves a good shot at the beginning of the season. It's, it is good to see. I think one thing he did say, he was moaning about the schedule and he was saying, oh, it should be Friday, Sunday. It should be Friday, Sunday. Tom, you knew what you were getting into before. The league is explained. But I feel like maybe the five management went, Tom, this is the script. You know what it is. Now start saying the right things. And even if we've been drawn in and we enjoy it, it the, the, the change in his mood from one night to the other was great to see. And he's shown that he does have a bit of knowledge. And he did big up the league. He says this is a very competitive league. And I think he's right. No, 100%. Um, and I think we'll see more and more as as we go on in the weeks. Um, let's... Let's, let's cover the Scottish elements um, further with Dundee. It's a new coach, but an old face in a new suit. Every chance, Mark Lefebvre. Um Was bigged up highly on the, the Dundee episode. But it's, it's the benefit we all say, having that knowledge of the league, where some of the new ones won't have, should, in theory, give them a good start. I'm never sure on the faith. Well, I was on first him as a player. When he used to be in Coventry and he'd swag around BBT in his Armani suits and stuff and checking himself out like he's on GQ magazine. Okay, I maybe been a bit harsh. That was maybe nine years ago, whatever it was, ten years ago, and maybe he's a lot more, you know, about being a hockey coach now and not trying to sort of impress the girls in the, in the crowd. But, yeah, he's been out of the game for a couple of years, obviously, in the league. It doesn't mean to say he doesn't understand the game. I'm sure he still knows what's been going on in the previous few years. But I just think that it's a good pickup for them. It gives the fans a bit of a bit of a boost after a pretty poor season last year. But I think you could have an NHL coach in Dundee and still not do an awful lot. I've not seen that roster being competitive. Um, being shut out in your first home game against Fife, okay, it's only preseason, it's only one game. But this looking like the sign they could be the worst team in Scotland again. And um, I don't know whether the favour whoever can maybe turn that around. And I don't know. I just I just don't think this, this it's a strong enough team to do an awful lot. And the fave maybe have to be there for three or four years to maybe get a tune out of them, maybe. Oof. Oh, John, you've, you've, you've went in on them early doors. I mean, fair play. You own your shit. I, it wasn't in the script, was it? That definitely was not in the script to be blown out 4-0. And I, I mean, I, Dundee, I've said before, they put out a very selective uh, highlight package. It's 20 minutes long and I watched it and they had no D coverage at all. Kevin Carr will not stand for that. He will not be sticking around if that's what he's got in front of him. It was pretty pathetic, the goals they gave up. And I don't care. If it's your second game, the basis of hockey, you know how to please and you know how to defend your goalie. It was not a good and pretty watch. And then I watched Mark Lefebvre's interview after, and he said, iron out the kinks. 
probably 12 times in three minutes. And he says it's not important, but then you want to win. It, he was shell-shocked. And um, he was definitely expecting to beat Fife. You could tell in his demeanour. And as we said on the recording with the Dundee boys, he signed a lot of players that have a jigsaw, uh, not prolific scorers as he trying to get a first line together. It, you don't have a pre-season really in this league. You get two weeks and he could get found out very quickly. Certainly weren't part of the script getting shut out at home. And as much as I'm not going to be as harsh, whether correctly, as John, um, certainly getting shut out by your rivals on the first night isn't the start that anybody in Dundee will have wanted. Um, but, you know, like you say, Scott, it could be a case of moving the pieces around and finding the ones that fit the right hole. You know, we'll find out. Time will tell us ever with that one. Uh, we'll cover Glasgow, the uh, the mini school. We'll, we'll start calling them what they are. Uh, Jason Morgan. Um, now, yes, their first games, uh, losses to Cardiff, and we'll go into it. But uh, he seems to have helped to Card. Uh, sorry, Glasgow. My apologies. Get them a bit of a buzz, a bit more than they needed after last year. And I, I don't know what you guys think. He, he's saying the, the right things, or has been saying the right things, and it's. It's got the fans believing a bit. It has. And do you know what? Like to see how many Glasgow fans went I know I know it was a double letter, but to see how many Glasgow fans went to Cardiff for the weekend, good crowd. He's kind of got the buzz back. And first week of skating, Cardiff had been skating around for a few a few weeks. First night four two, second night six two. I don't think any of us are surprised by that. Um but it, it was a good test for them. And I think like they were very competitive in the first game. So we can't read too much, I don't think. But listening to him speak, a whole new team, I think they'll be okay this year, Glasgow. I'm not sure we stand on Glasgow. I mean, after the season they had last year and having the previous decade been pretty shite, I think their fans, maybe they're easy to please. Um, I think whatever's happened this season or will potentially happen is bound to be better than last year. Let's be honest, they had uh, an awful campaign. A few things obviously happened off the ice, which we've been through a million times. And they just won that little bit of hope as a fan base. And bringing a new guy to the league with no prior history could be a gamble. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe give them a bit of a sort of, you know, a fresh start and... I still don't understand. I, I, everyone's like predict them to get in top four and top five. For me, I don't. I don't know enough of, of their imports, obviously, yet to to make that kind of. I, John, sorry, predict. mate. I think the delusional fans are, are predicting that. I think we would think a successful season for them is to build and get yeah seventh, sixth, no, and then build and go again. But I Absolutely. agree with what you're saying there. But I, I've seen someone put them as third. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's taking the piss. You know, are they ignoring the fact that they've done nothing in like 10, 11 years? I've talked before. I like Glasgow. I'm going to be there at some point this week. I better be careful what I say. I might be a mark man if I say too much about Glasgow, but I don't buy into this like hype. You know, the Brits are okay. Laco was a good player, but he's coming to the edge of his career. You know, Forbes is okay. 
these are two guys that probably won't get you know the teams well, the top three or four teams in the league. You know, they're probably a fourth or fifth place team at best. I, to be fair to their, their crowds, like you say, great numbers again. That's one thing they've always been brilliant at is travelling, whether it be playoffs, whether it be away games. And I say all the time, they're just primed to take off. And if they can get the right ownership and the right management and they've got people working hard there, they still got some dead wood there off the ice, unfortunately, which... To me, I, I I would be more confident in them being a good club if that deadwood was was erased. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Morgan guy seems good. He, he definitely seems to want to be there as well, and he's got more passion than the last clown they had. Not counting Stevenson and Dixon as the clowns, as in the clown before him, before them rather. But yeah, I, I'm waiting to see on Glasgow. I, I still don't see him being much better than seventh next season. You really are being harsh tonight, aren't you, John? I'm going for it. You are, aren't you? Maybe new Scotland. Maybe get Scotland a new name me. for you. You know, the judge. You know, absolute <laughs> the Terminator. Brut- the, the brutalness. Um, uh, the person who suggested third, if they're not being sarcastic, um, I'm more than happy to um take whatever narcotics they're taking to believe that because I agree. Not third, but I think you know. Fifth, Probably sixth. Lewis. Yeah, I have Probably a chance Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, which. You know, we'll find out one day what that is. Uh, but no, I, I agree. I think him on. But, um, yeah, you know what? Yes, it may be some delusional, but given what they've had last year, just to have that buzz about them, let them have it for a few months. It'll die off. They'll lose a few games and, you know, they'll realise that it's a hunt for the last, last playoff spot. But I think it's, you know, sometimes clubs need that nice freshness, nice buzz. It's their turn. But we can't read anything from playing Cardiff who've been skating for a while. Far so from it. We're, not, we, we, we're just looking purely at roster and experience of the league. And I think we, we have them all around the same sort of yeah. six, seven, five. Uh, yeah. In the bracket. It's a, very, it's a very competitive league this year, as we will discuss. I think it's six or seven. That's not a bad season. No, I agree. That's, 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 that's a realistic for this year. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't come from where they've been and overnight, become a, a title challenging team yeah we may be completely wrong but they, for me they haven't got the depth and we talk about it time and time again the difference having the British depth makes to get that active fourth line night in night out and over 50 odd games a season you need that extra support and for me they're a year or two behind having that right now um, yeah I hope they do have a good season I do I've, I've always said I like them as a club um, but for me no temper expectations guys and Come sixth or seventh, you've had a good season, and I think that's realistic. That's what I said. I think they'll be okay. And I think yeah. collectively we can not see them above six this year. And you can't judge them against Cardiff. like They're champions-elect, aren't they? They won the league in June, remember? So yeah, yeah you did yeah. say. Yeah. You know, Rumour so has it. Six out of six. Yeah. It's all right. Soon you'll start saying, mind the gap. Um, so the last one, the last coach uh, to talk about... Uh, uh, if my notes are correct, it's the, the French national coach, sorry, the Panthers, uh, new head coach, Jonathan Paredes. Um, I, um, I will mention that later on, but I had to throw that in. I, I, so I'll be upfront. I've only seen a little clip it. And the one thing that's impressed me is he was trying to get his guys buzzing when they're going on the ice. And you don't really see coaches do that. And I'm like, do you know what? I like that. Get them a bit fired up. They shouldn't, they shouldn't need to, but when the coach is there to do it, instead of someone else 
I like that. I don't like, I like that a lot. And I'm, I'm thinking we could see a lot of interesting, you know, stuff from from the Panthers in respect of what Paredes does. Ah, I I've got a nickname. He's called Pep for me. Pep Paredes. He is. He's molded himself <laughs> on Pep Guardiola. He's got the tur- the turtle roll necks. He's got the yeah, come on, boys. He's got it. He's going for it. And if it works or not, even great. Um, but yeah, he will be known as Pep all season for me. So sorry, Nottingham fans. But now I was infused by it. To be honest, go. That game in Sheffield was always going to be tough with the nine thousand. You've not skated as much as Sheffield would have. Realistically, to keep it to four one, I know they were massively outshot. Can't read too much in. But to then do and get the home result the next night with a low crowd, we'll talk about pricing for that and a little bit later. But and he looked he looked like he wanted to inf- get the crowd involved. And Nottingham fans have had a major disconnection with their club for the last few years. And I thought Pep is doing the right things as it stands. But still, be a good show. But still, fuck the Nottingham Panthers. But I just wanted to. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to slag the guy. No. Um, good stuff from the Nottingham Panthers to get that win. Sheffield won't care about it, but Sheffield rarely lose against the Nottingham Panthers. I like the plan, calling Pep, because I think over the course of the season we might have about 17 versions of his name. I've heard Paredes, Paradi already amongst you know fans, so and go with Pep as well. Um, I was a bit confused seeing the bench at the weekend. Like Rick Strachan is there like a spare part. You got you know Pep and his new sidekick as well, full of action, moving around the bench, and Rick just sort of stood there and it it looked weird. You think like over the years you've had the calm like Corey Nielsen still on the bench, looking like he sort of doesn't break a sweat and. The French guys were just kind of bouncing around and they were getting involved with the players. And I don't know, it just, is it just all for show? Is it, is, is he quite a kind of an active coach on the bench? But I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about, the, I'm sure the game's a bit more, but there was just nothing in that team for me Saturday. Nottingham looked shocking. Um, the two guys that impressed me the most were the Brits. Bertridge coming back. Quality. Expected that. Kelsall looked fantastic again. I, Think he'll have a good season this year. Um, but yeah, for like their first game, and I know, like you said, Sheffield have skated for longer. I think they've both been in the same time, to be fair, Scott. I'm pretty sure they both came in the previous weekend and neither's ahead of the other, really, in terms of preparation. But um, any Panthers fans that travel to that game Saturday probably left a bit embarrassed driving back down that M1 because that performance was pretty shit. Okay, it's one game. <laughs> first game... It was awful. Sorry, Pep. Now I'm I'm with Scott. Let's make it a, a podcast where it's Pep um, from here on in. Uh, and in fairness, John, the, the different pronunciations of his name. There's probably going to be 15 from us three. Never mind anybody else, uh, yourself included. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can barely say Williams. I'm going to say I I know I'll be guilty of that at some point, but and I think. Just to sum up that kind of bit about the new coaches, I think a bit of freshness, because sometimes you see the elite league and it's kind of the same people, the same, you know, just the same bodies at time and time out. To get a bit of freshness, I think 
just you know gets the interest a bit more and hopefully that interest continues um <clears throat> we'll move on to the to the friendlies um on the I'll just go straight in nearly 25,000 fans were in attendance over the weekend now bear in mind one of them was a competitive game the rest were friendlies but 25,000 fans for the first weekend of the season ignoring um, I appreciate Cardiff have had a couple of weekends already um, helping Belfast with their CHL prep and against the French team, uh, Angela, I think it were. Um, I may get that wrong. But 25,000 fans nearly for for friendly games. And set was against an NIHL team, and no disrespect to Milton Keynes. That's some bloody good going, isn't it? Probably got to be a record for the league in terms of pre-season. Been in many games over the years in Cardiff where numbers were pretty low. You always got that kind of kids back, you know, not back in school yet, people on holiday, all the reasons why the crowds are pretty poor. Um, but then you saw how one club did it right, one club kind of fucked up a little bit. It could have been a bit better had Nottingham not been greedy. Um, you see the Sheffield have, have made a temp had a ticket. So did Cardiff. Fair play. You know, you want to get fans in early. You want to... When times are tough and kids go back into school and some holidays and money might be a bit short for people, you want to entice them to games and charging £25 a ticket like they did in Nottingham, for me, is not the way to do it. Sheffield had, what, knocking on 9,000. No, we, we watched the game on Saturday and it was it was pretty full. It, I didn't go the next day or I didn't watch the next game, but as he went to Nottingham and she did like two or 3,000 empty seats and they missed a trick, Nottingham, there. They really did because it's a full-clock face-off. The weather was good. If people are like a 50-50 weather to travel, oh, is it worth it? Ten or ahead, probably people would have gone. I know they did some deal with season ticket holders that they can pay £10 with plus fees or whatever. But if you're a Sheffield fan or just even a Nottingham fan, there's maybe 50-50 on the day. £25 a ticket is not the way to get people there. And I'm sure as a club, they would have benefited more selling most of the arena out for £10 a head. Over the course of the year, it would have been better for them. And it, yeah, if they'd have been a bit more sensible with the pricing, we could have been talking 26, 27,000 fans over the weekend, it would have been even better. But that aside, impressive numbers. Most teams look like they're getting good crowds early on. The buzz is back for the league. And hopefully, that'll mean that the league games will be pretty much the same thing, where there'll be good crowds right throughout the year now. I think there's a massive buzz for the season. The, the, it, it shows with the social media intake that everyone's having. 25 quid for Nottingham. Yeah, 4,000. They will say if they did it at £10, they wouldn't have got the uptake that, that makes a difference. I've had it with the Blaze. It's been a discussion point for many a year. And obviously, as a little club, we don't have that uptake to gain the extra crowd. So they will say, look, we still sold 4,500. I get it with Nottingham, but you thought after last season, the last few seasons, they would have been a bit more trying to get the, the fans in. But yeah, uh, great crowds. Uh, uh, the, the Scottish guys are smashing it. So uh, And the Blaze playing MK. Wouldn't have done that myself, but it works because Venus went there, etc. Um, and it, it was good to get the guys escaped and because they've, they've only been in a week themselves so yeah they weren't five had to delay their face off because there were that many people still trying to get in 
um, which I I think that's probably the best piece of news from the weekend. Um, it's good that you know Fife have that even in pre-season, and hopefully that <coughs> continues moving on throughout the season. Um, we'll go through the results, but not in a deep dive sense. Um, we'll start Sheffield Nottingham uh, on the basis of, um, first of all, fair play on both clubs on their tributes to both Alex Graham and Mike Hammond. Um, lovely done by both clubs and well respected as you would expect from both sets of fans. Um, it weren't really a, a friendly on Saturday night, was it? Um, certainly a, a few uh, majors was uh, given out and uh, Hockey Fights UK was uh, a bit busy on the uh, uptake on videos. <laughs> Old school hockey, as they keep talking about. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, seen many games in the last couple of years and they generally are quite passive and Sheffield tend to dominate that fixture as they did at the weekend. But yeah, it got a bit feisty in the third period to be fair, didn't it? Um, Tanzi obviously looked like he can handle himself um, as well as being a good player. Logan Nielsen was kind of getting involved a little bit as well. Good to see young lads and uh, hopefully again it shows that he might be sort of uh, confident in, in having a little bit of an altercation or two this season. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it was it was good to see, and the fans obviously got involved as well. And there's a few scraps. Sam Jones need to re- realize he can't fight. He's not a fighter at all, as he bless him. He's game. He'll he'll tend to have a go once or twice a season. But for me, he's not a fighter, and just stick to trying to be a defenseman. And and you're, you're getting quite good at that. But um, yeah, um, it was good to see, but it's still not the rivalry it's made out to be. But fans generally went home happy. Well. The fans that were wearing black and gold, yeah. Divas, Divas calling out Sam Jones here. Uh, square go in the car park. I, I think it might be the way the season will go. There's 90-odd new players this league. Many of them have come from the East Coast. The East Coast is a really battering ram every night. We, we had it with Billings. It is fights. It is guys trying to make it up the AHL up to NHL. And it's fights constantly, and it's still massive part of the North American game. It has come off in this league in the last few years, but all these guys were brought in. That's what they're used to, and I feel like this year it will be a bit more, a bit more tetchy. That's <laughs> got out dops, um, but I, I do feel like this. I don't think it's just preseason. I feel like it might come into the the actual season a bit. And anyone that says they don't like fighting in hockey, don't watch it. It's part of the game. It's part of being honest. Um, as long as it's not someone mugging someone, not someone sucker punching someone, if it's a bad hit, you react to it. There's one thing that did make me laugh is um, not him saying about Tetlo not backing off. <laughs> Back up the M1. Well, skating, where, was exactly. he, where was he skating to? He's, well, he's, skating reverse, backwards. reverse, reverse. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, Tanzi seems to like it a little bit. Fair play to him. But yeah, I, I, I feel, I do feel, this season's going to be a bit, bit, bit hoo ha. I hope so. It's well, been too sterile, hasn't it, for a couple of years? It's been going a bit non-contact, and a lot of people I know they're getting bored of hockey in this country because, yeah, you know, you can, you can put like your. PC hat on and say you shouldn't be doing this thing is bad example for kids and all that kind of crap. 
people come to hockey to see this kind of stuff. A big hit of like wherever it puts bums on seats. That's the reality. And if if it means that fans get home entertained because there's been a few scraps along the way, brilliant. Because the game's gone a bit boring in the league last couple of years, and it's going back to almost a kind of like the early two thousands again, isn't it? Where you know maybe every team's got a couple of guys who don't mind throwing them, and fans love it. Fans lap it up. So if it happens on the night, then and if it's justified. Yeah, all for it as well. Did you see the photo that did the uh, mainly Twitter uh, um, of the kids uh, having his face covered, his eyes covered when they started fighting? And I was just like, "What are you bringing him here for? What are you bringing him to hockey?" Um, I, I did have to laugh at that one, but I hope you're right. I hope we mentioned with Ant that you know dust ups every night, bench clearances, something just to get a spark and not. A poorly done video on social media. Get they done on the ice. Let the players rip it up and give the fans something to go. That's my team. It's why I wear them colours. Not to see to Belfast, but do you know what I mean? It's just give the let the players really go at it and give some entertainment back. Could see worse on the internet or social media and everything. As long as it's not a drop the gloves straight off the face off. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit about that. The only thing I want to see is player A smashes player B, and player C ain't happy with it. That's that's what I want to see. I do you, just, do you, I'm not. I do not care about you two dropping it off the face off. But I, the why? only time I would agree, I, I disagree on that one is if it's after an incident. The big men the have not match. been able to. It, oh, the next face off. It's no. Yes. I would happy. I would happy. Let's, let's adjust the. Uh... Fair enough, David. No, that's yeah, the only one you're I would right agree. with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Normally, just a, oh, you're fighting again. Oh, let's get on with. Nah, fuck that off. But apart from that, yeah. Uh, and also, another season, another new important league doesn't realise how, how tough yeah. the hell it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like every year, he's like so low key tough. He's a pretty good looking guy and he puts a puck in the net. He probably used to think, oh, I'll take this little, like, you know, slimy guy down. Bang, 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 bang. Good night. Just skates off. No fanfare. No, like, look at me, I'm Rocky Balboa, do you know what I mean, playing the crowd. Sits down, comes back out, cracks on with the game. It's like, certainty, it's like certainties in life. Deaths, taxes, no one beating down in a fight. Yeah. It's He's got it all, hasn't he? He's nails. If you find, it makes you hate uh, him. Yeah, I know, it does. He's, good looking. <laughs> he's a nice guy. I've, I've spoken to him a number of times, but he just, he's got everything, he's got all the tools, just makes you want to hate him. Find your missus in bed with him. You ask him how many sugars he wants. He's like, <laughs> "Is what it is. He's got it. He's got it all." Bob, shit bag. <laughs> <laughs> you invite him round for tea? <laughs> no, he's barred from Coventry. He's not allowed around here. <laughs> uh, so that was um, Sheffield Nottingham, and obviously the one in Nottingham was the Memorial Trophy game as they now obviously do it to uh, remember Gary Moran. Um, that went down a bit with, with the trophy being paraded, skated round. Quick thoughts on that one. We're not going to agree, David. And you know we're not. I'm more for the sentiment of, of recognising Gary Moran. Whether you're a Panthers fan or not, whether you're a Sheffield fan or not, there's always been that um, history. Um, but the bottom line is the guy was around the club a long, long time. Did a lot of good things for them. Um, way back to the old rink and Panthers through and through. 
I'm not a fan of any trophy for one game in August. You want to call the Ladin Cup, whatever you want to call it, the GM Cup. Fine. Have a memorial for Gary Moran all day. Support that. But skating around with a trophy in front of your fans, no, that's Tim Pop. And this is where I will disagree to a point. I I get what you're saying and agree in terms of if you're praying in August, it's Tim Pop. But for me, for what that what the trophy is about, I'm just like okay. So long as it's just skate round, hold it up, not going off as though you've just lifted Lord Stanley's uh, silverware. I'm like okay, it's a nice little thing in that respect. But I I, I don't kind of go yeah, it's wrong. It's one game. It, not it, ain't, it ain't a trophy. I, listen, I wasn't there. I spoke to. It's, it's not, it's about, trophy, yeah. They were fans are celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup. Well, some some of the fans were, admittedly, not all of them. But like, I don't know. I just think if a short club and they're trying to big up winning a trophy in August because they haven't won a trophy in over seventy five years. No, it doesn't sit. If they are picking it up. I agree. There's no point. Just... They'll go towards a Grand Slam, won't they? If they win this cycle and they win something else, it'll be a non-advanced Grand Slam. We know how they operate. It'll be counted in the mix. Every chance, but as long as they don't big, big it up, then... They'll have the yeah. T-shirts out. Um, it, it don't work if they lose next season, does it? It's just... Um, honour Gary. There's many ways you can honour Gary. And as John said, he did so much for that club. Um, but... Uh, doing a trophy the way they did for me it doesn't work um you can do things for that man in different ways because it's nottingham they're going to lose it next season or the season after or whatever so yeah i'm 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 siding with mr williams on this one members is right last year when Sheffield won the game it was have a photo trophy taken away they weren't even had a chance to just have a lift off or anything so they've gone obviously full circle they've they've had a chance to win it but yeah, I, I'm just not as. You're too nice. Oh, no, it's not too nice. I just, I, I, I don't know. I suppose I just appreciate the sentiment a bit more. And I don't knock anybody done. I just maybe just appreciate it more than others, and it doesn't irritate me as much as or irk, shall I say, than others. How about like in however many years' time then, the David Sims Memorial Trophy? Would you have one Sheffield skating around, you know, with that up in the air? If it's the same sentiment, same standard in that respect. There's a lot of people in, in the sport that have done good things, whether it be players, coaches, general managers, whoever. Um, but it, it doesn't warrant a trophy for me. It's not a trophy that you're skating around with. Um, now, I agree what Scott said in terms of there's many things they could do and maybe in time they go... Is it worth doing as a, for a game in that context? Maybe they could. So some teams will maybe use their end of season awards and name one of them after person X. Maybe more of a fitting manner. As about each club, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, and time will tell if you know if they decide to go and down that route. But name a stand after him. Yeah, every chance. Why not? Or a block, wherever. That's what they should do. Oh, he, I like you that. know. That he's he's you know immortalised forever and rightly so, um, and then that way I think it's been more respectful, you know, and also gets a mention every single game, kind of you know, 
I'm sat in the game around block wherever, do you know what I mean? Rather than once a year, the token game, which might not mean much to a lot of people. But yeah, what do I know? But Nottingham, just for, you know, reference purposes, you've not won the first trophy this season. Just I'm, ha- carried away. I'm happy to, to, to side with that. Uh, let's move on. Let's, let's go Coventry. Let's just quickly talk Coventry. Um, against uh, MK, a few goals scored. Good run out for your boys? Y- yes. Um, as a whole, was I convinced with the playing Milton Keynes? No. But I will get told otherwise why it was beneficial. And maybe it was beneficial because we scored 13 goals. Um, there was goals from across the board. Uh, Dudek got like three in total. Christo got a couple. The defenseman got a couple. It worked in that sense. And so, yeah, maybe I've just argued with myself. Milton Keynes put up a, a good show and the crowd was there. There was a good, good, good few fans in both games. Milton Keynes, you know what they're like. They brought a few. And it was a good thing for them to see the Elite League again because, you know, their owners fucked them over. So, yeah, Danny Christo, I'll have a shot on him. You can tell that he is going to be a, a talisman for him. He popped the water bottle. Great to see. We look like the Blades will be a fast, good unit this year. I do worry about the rough stuff because I feel that will come, as we alluded to earlier. So, um, Kim Talber, special talent. Kozen, dodgy first period. I think that was a... Uh, Getting getting into the game a little bit, but he he grew in confidence, and uh, Nolan Kent looked solid to have a, a second goalie in. So, yeah, you know, oh, do you know what, there, boys? And I know I'm going off on a tangent. We had to wear white at home because MK turned up on the black the black kit. It was so good to see us in white. You know all that history, and I hate hate this rule in the the league that. Home teams have to wear dark and away teams wear light. I feel like we should switch it up a bit. I'm a, I hate white jerseys. So I'd be like, I would hate this. But I appreciate, yeah, but us, but I what, appreciate what, what you're saying. In... You look at us when we win all everything, it was in the white jersey. And I've, I would just love it, the fact that two teams can agree. Because yeah, I think you would sell more tops, more jerseys. Well, didn't sure. we do it? it... I'm asking, sorry to interrupt, they did do it one season, and uh, probably more John, that they actually switched it halfway through, where beginning of the season they were white at home, and then the second half they switched to the, the darker jersey. Yeah, I think it was like 10, 11, 11, 12, I think it was. Yeah. I was Scott as well, again, I, I haven't grown up 110 years ago, wherever it was, watching Cardiff, it was the white shirts, and I know when it went to the road shirts becoming the home that became the norm and took it a while to get used to. It, it, it was a bit weird seeing them playing in red rather than playing in white. Um, but like Scott said, at least wherever team comes, they're playing in blue, black, it's orange, just... whatever. You know, and I think that it just looks a bit different. Um, yeah, I'm all for the white shirts being at home. I'm not passionate about it either way. But as a preference, I'd prefer to see the home team in white and the road team in their, their colours rather than seeing white teams all the time but it would help sales yeah. but in more respect though if, if say if you watch your team at home and can't go away you're more inclined to buy that home jersey if you wore the away jersey a bit more at home 
yeah, I actually like the away jersey. Oh, maybe buy the home and away. Just, I feel like home sales are going to probably be 80-20. If you could wear the away jersey at home a bit more, you could get more sales for that away jersey. I would love to see some figures. I don't have them. But yeah, the white, the, the, the Blaze jerseys, by the way, this year, stunning, lovely. But the white one's special. Love it. That's me being me. Oh. I'm a bit confused on the numbers. I don't understand the logic. With you sell more home jerseys than you do away jerseys. Mm. So if you played in your away jersey at home more, hockey fans are hockey fans. They buy jerseys like they buy a paper. If they see their team in the away jersey at home, they're more likely to buy that jersey. So they may buy two jerseys that season. Well, that's the argument they did when they did the split season. So if you saw the other one more, you'd buy it more. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Challenge Cup could be the root of you wear the away shirt at home. I don't know. Um, I just be personal. I'm just I'm never a fan of white jerseys, uh, but I appreciate the sentiment in terms of what you won back in the day. He was wearing the white jersey. Um, but uh, good to see good run out. Um, Speaking of uh, the jerseys and stuff, did you notice the uh, lack of orange shorts the weekend, David? And orange helmets as well. I did notice that. Yes. I'm not sure if that's going to be a, a thing because, ironically, there's more orange on the Steel Dogs this weekend than the yes. Steelers. Yes. Uh, funny how everyone's going, oh, it's Steelers B. No, no shirt. You look at farm teams in North America, that farm team pretty much wears the same colours and, and everything as the parent team. <laughs> it makes sense. But I was a bit confused oh. because after like when it first came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Orange pants and orange Maybe helmets. just maybe. We may be just learning a bit and just, you know, Add a bit more of different colour and not just completely orange. I know they were like more like preseason shirts, but even the colour looked a bit more red, dare I say, than orange. Are they like, you know, trying to go like to sort of more towards red and black now rather than orange? Hey, we've already oh. lost what we've already lost one colour to a team. We're not, we can't lose another colour in, in the existence of the Elite League. So, but uh, we'll see when the, the uh, proper home jerseys are revealed, which is Friday. Um, we're recording on the Monday. Um, Apparently they they, uh, they blurred the shirts when they put the f- players' photos on the jumbotron, so that they couldn't see what the new shirts were. But on the intro, they left it on. Yeah, uh, the intro has been changed too, isn't it? I I've not, so I've not seen the intro. I hope it's still face-offs at quarter past seven, so I can have time to finish my pint at seven and go across. Um, purely on a selfish basis, but uh, you know, I'm sure the first the, the first games of away fans complaining will. Uh, We'll determine that one. No, to be fair, well, it looks pretty good. Here's some aerial views of, of Sheffield, and it looks rather nice from the drone. Um, some good music choices too. No, fair play. They got a stick, but I think they did okay on the old intro. Excellent. So we'll move on to the another set. Um, we kind of mentioned it. Um, we'll get out of the way. Cardiff from Glasgow, 4262. Uh, again, Cardiff has been playing for three weeks, Glasgow's first weekend. They're just, both teams are still just looking for good combinations, get more rust out of the legs. And in fairness for Glasgow, getting four goals away from home across the weekend, it's not that bad a, a plus point, is it? Yeah, as as I said earlier, like it was just, it was to see Glasgow to gauge what they're going to be up against this year. Um, and they did, they did what 
anyone expected them to do, I feel. I think from Cardiff's point of view, they scored a lot of goals early. Okay, it's pre-season. But they, they, they're putting a puck in the net, and I think it's uh, they're getting some line combinations going. Russell, as expected, he's uh, getting the best out of all the players there. They're getting scoring all over the ice as well. Um, and I think that Russell is is probably, I wouldn't say overachieving, Um because I was I was impressed with the appointment in the first place, but everything that I've seen from Cardiff so far points to the fact that they're going to be front runners I think this season. Um, they're they're very efficient. They're playing with a bit of grit as well. As a fan, all the things that they would want to see, they'd want to see a bit of an edge to that team. Want to see a lot of goals, and they're getting decent goaltending off two goalies as well. So I think six out of six in preseason, they can be happy with their lot. Um. Yeah, and Glasgow again. It's just probably just a bit of bit of ice for them. Um, they probably didn't expect to win either game. To be fair, but when they get back to their home arena, they'll probably benefit from this bonding experience being on the road early on. Guys getting to know each other, getting to stay with each other at the hotel. I'm sure Glasgow will get a benefit from it, but Cardiff are rolling already. Well, you, you've already said that they won the title a couple of months ago, so it's just uh, firm in the point, isn't it? Um. We'll finish the uh, pre-seasons. Uh, five Dundee. Dundee winning overtime on the Saturday. Five got revenge and won 4-0 uh, at Dundee. Again, it's gauging. It's seeing what happened. But I- I'm more impressed with the attendances. Given the seasons both teams had last year, good start and something for both teams to work on. Fantastic. And uh, they've got the Euro games as well to happen. So that will only gauge further interest. The only thing that concerned me was Kevin Carr was hung out to dry, and that's just basics. But I've already said that, so I'm not going to bang that drum again. Uh, for me, I had to cut that bit on you. I couldn't find my mute. <laughs> we'll cut it. Don't worry. Yeah. The the big thing for me, having spoken to obviously Dundee recently, like the guys we know from Dundee and Ali and Five. A lot of work's gone on in the summer in both those two clubs. And even if they don't do much better than they did last season in terms of league positions, they're trying. The club is really trying to re-engage with the fans. It's really trying to sort of almost put behind the bad experiences of, of last season and maybe in Fife's case, many poor seasons prior to that. And all they can do is try. You know, they've They've obviously been really good in bringing these European teams over and they're going to you know, spread over the weekend. And it's just nice to see them doing something different and trying to not be so stale. And whether or not they have a good season, at least they're trying to do something different. And I respect them for that. Oh, fair, fair play to them uh, for that. And uh, we, all, um, you know, they've got the Euro games this weekend. Hope it all goes well. So we'll finish the pre-season chat and we'll go on to the competitive hockey chat as... Our good friends Belfast finished their second weekend of the CHL. Um, I'll just say now, when we released the the episode with Paddy Smith from A View from the Bridge, we'd mentioned about the first week, so there may be elements of repeat when we're on this segment. But um, they've got their first win at home uh, and the first shutout, if memory serves right, of the tournament. Um, and then a big crowd as well for a tournament that don't matter that they're not going to do anything in. That's a good night for Belfast, isn't it? 
Yeah, and fair play to them. Um, as much as I have a bit of bit of fun with Belfast, um, you might have noticed that occasionally. Got to respect them for having a great performance and a great result. Um, double whammy, really, because a great result also made Jack Walker like a bit of a prat, um, which is not hard for that to happen. Um, he kind of came out the weekend trying to like have a go at John Smith as he does, and then he ended up looking at himself looking a bit stupid later on. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they, they, they put themselves a little bit behind eight ball, playing three games early on away. Probably get the schedule, get the travel out of the way early. Can understand that, can respect that. Then they're playing home games going forward, and that'll probably help them in terms of the league. So whilst it's probably a bit of, a, a bit of an ask to try and get results early on, maybe they, I don't know, maybe targeted Innsbruck as a chance to maybe win a game. It, on the back of that now, okay, it might be a big stretch, but if they go in the next two, with a new format, might that be enough? They might be enough to qualify. If they do, good luck to them. Um, good for the, for the league. And if they do qualify and they go more deep into more games in Europe, good for the British teams because they'll hopefully come back tired. Um, so, legit, I hope Belfast do win two more games, do get tired, and then do get beat up a little bit in terms of travel. But yeah, fair play to them. And for a fan base that said to me for years, oh, the CHL is shit. They seem to be changing their tune a little bit now, and they seem to quite enjoy the CHL over in Belfast. I'm all for anyone beating Bolzano. Fucking bastards of cheating scumbags that they are. Yes, it has been, <laughs> what has it been, 10... 15 eight, years. 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. So, yeah. I went in 94 if it helps. No, 2008 when you and coverage got screwed over in the County Cup. I know, but I was saying 94. I know you wanted to mention that, yeah. Just like drinking with Team Canada yeah. every night, no big deal. You, sorry, 15, 15 years, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan Weaver scored. Oh, fuck them, little pricks. Anyway, no, <laughs> fair folks to Belfast, yeah. 4-0, job done. Still don't feel that they'll go through, but it's good to see, as John said, the turning of the screw with how much the fans get involved. They showed it last year. They, sh- You know, like the in- enjoyment and the sound of the SSE, it shows through. So they can say they don't like it, but they fucking do. They love it. Uh, good for them. I'm going to ask both of you this question because we mentioned it for the first away game uh, when they played Lukarama. Um, they were never going to do anything against uh, Tapa. It was just like a, a, a team from Malta going away to Barcelona. Um Another result against Innsbruck that's probably going to look on shoulda, woulda, coulda. And another game that they probably should have got more than nothing out of. And that could, when it comes to the end of the group stage, may just hurt them a bit. Yeah, possibly. But, as John said, if they are going through, that it's going to hurt them if they are challenging for a treble again this season. So... Yes, they want the wins, and yes, they might want to get through, but do they really want to get through? It's it's kind of juggling, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. The next the next game is October uh, the tenth against uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, like uh, Scott with um, Balzano, fuck them. Um, and then the week after, the Powderbits at home. Now you look at the group stage. The team that's sitting sixteenth at the moment, the last place. For the, to qualify, is on five points. Um, 
Belfast won three. There's a grouping of teams 11th, 15th on six. They beat Salzburg. I'm absolutely confident that they'll go in thinking, oh, no one gives a toss about this game from a Salzburg perspective. Let's just roll up, play the game, fuck off home. They, if Belfast get a win on that, and yes, it's against a tough team the week after against Powderbits, but with this new format, there's, there's a fair, you know, there could be a fair chance that they do get into the knockout stage. Possibly. And then you want to go play like a deepest, furthest Finland again. Um, or somewhere as far away as possible. Then it takes about three flights and two days to get there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think by the time October comes along, we're going to be deep into competitive games at that point. I don't think they're going to be as up for it at that point, especially if they've lost a few games domestically. Yeah, I mean, this format now gives them maybe a bit more of a chance than the old format because you could potentially still get through with three wins and possibly in the old format, you probably wouldn't have had enough points in the bag to get through in a group of four. Uh, but I, I legit hope they do do well because at the end of the day, we're all for growing our league and rivalries aside because we all love having a, a rivalry and taking a piss out of teams. We want that, that spot in the Champions League for as long as we can. And if we just keep not qualifying and not winning games in the CHL. The way that it's run is so corrupt as it is. Let's be honest with you. It's all geared towards the bigger teams. I would hate that one day they say, oh, sorry, little elite league, you know, you're not good enough to play in our little uh, money laundering thing. Well, uh, you're gone. Um, so perhaps maybe any team that plays in it, whether it be Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Nottingham, as if uh, Belfast winning games is probably good for the league in the long run. Coventry. Sorry. And Scott Cook oh, interested I, I, in the CHL. I, I, I don't want to get too retro. Um, but uh, just to kind of... So Rappers will Switzerland in the 16th spot and they've got um, Tapper and Vequa to play in their last two games. Trinek, who are the team above Belfast, they have um, Stavanger and Alborg. So... Highly likely that Trinic will drop points in them two games, but time will tell. They may get a bit overconfident with teams that they think they should do. So, who knows? But uh, fair play Belfast. Big uh, crowd in attendance. Shut out for Beskawarini. All's good with them for now. Next on the agenda, I'm just going to pass it over to Scott. And uh, I just got the memo of Cardiff. Just become... A horrible little club. They've lost their identity. Growing up watching Cardiff Devils, the rival we had, they were honest team. The fans were great. You can go and enjoy themselves. And they went through some really tough times. And the fan base from other teams backed them and worked with them. And now they've had a little bit success. Bearing in mind they've not won the league for five years. They've just got this arrogance about them that they can churn out this shit. And they've got shitty little sponsors that back out. They've got their ice is covered with sponsors. And then they've brought out this chain with their shitty new logo that they made up on WordArt. I don't get it. Why are you trying to rinse your fan base? You have not improved your roster that much 
for how much money you are clawing in. I'm baffled by them. They're becoming very, very unlikable. And their old fan base as well. I feel like they're be- becoming a little disconnected with the new fan base. And I'm fed up of hearing about you're obsessed. We live in your head rent free. No, you don't. I'm a fan of this league. I'm a fan of ice hockey. But I tell you what now, I'm not a fan of the Cardiff Devils because it's become a shit show there. And they need to win something this year. Otherwise, they just become a laughing stock because I will take laughing cow emojis to playoffs. I will do everything. And I'll wear the biggest goalie looking chain you can find. Because right now, I'm done in, I'm done in, done in with the Cardiff Devils. You're making Sheffield look good. You're making Sheffield look good with your 200 pound duvet set, but I can't, just can't be asked, boys. I don't get the chain thing. And it's become, when I first saw it, I'm like, what the fuck's this about? It's become quite cringy. Yes, people are talking about it. But for me, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit the, the identity of the devils. Unless, like I say, unless Golden Look and Chain are going to sing the Welsh National Anthem for the rest of the season. I, it just, I don't fit. Do you know, Sheffield, as a Sheffield fan, we can't really criticise our merchandise, but and sell what the hell you want. I, you know, I'm not going to critique it much. Uh, but the narrative of what the Cardiff Devils are just doesn't fit. And, yeah, it's, it, it baffles me. Um, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, baffled is probably the best way to uh, describe it. Um, obviously, the former life, a lot of things would kind of get passed by me um, in terms of things the club were going to sort of do and suggest. And to some ways, it's kind of a, a good thing and a bad thing because you can sort of say, don't be fucking stupid. That's not going to go down well. They're going to hate that. They're going to hate that. And some things would, would not happen. Um on the back of whoever's decision this was to change the logo, which, okay, we've seen the fallout. There's going to be some fans that will never criticise that team regardless. How dare you? We we bow down to Kelman and everything he does. Fine. If you want to live in that kind of little bubble, crack on. But the fans who have been around a long time, you're taking the piss out of them. This chain, what the actual hell? Like... Whose idea was it to bring out some chavy bit of bling and the players looked like they were cringing when they were doing it? As you said, David, there's no relevance to Cardiff at all. It's it's not like it's some sort of in-joke. It's not playing on the back of some kind of nickname or some kind of incident where, you know, things happen quite randomly and you, you feed off it and then, you know, you, you, you make merchandise for your, for your fans on the back of it. It happens in all sports, you know, just some random things they can just get behind. And then they want to charge you 22 quid for a piece of crap that makes you look an absolute fool. And even now, there's some fans still defending it. Why? You know, they're not the messiah. that you. They don't get everything right. You're allowed to challenge clubs. You're allowed to say, don't agree with that. And equally, you're allowed to say you like it. But, yeah, there's definitely a divide. More, I think, ever than in the fan base, as, as Scotty said, um, there's an element of the, of the newer fans that think they, they're better. Um, not just sponsors who think they're better. There's some fans who think they're better. And that's not a good thing for the long run. It really isn't. You know, if you have a, a 
disenchanted fan base where everyone is not together pulling in the same direction, that doesn't work well for the future. And I think you, and I'm not saying that's being caused by the club, but when you're making decisions that are going to divide the fan base, then that's self-inflicted. And I think that, yeah, there's an arrogance of the club. Now, since I've stepped away, I can be impartial, I can be neutral. I can be objective. And I'd always try to be objective. And they're just doing things that almost are mocking the fans now. It's just arrogance. An arrogance that didn't exist before. It didn't exist before. Um, And I think that they need to sort of start maybe being more respectful to the fans, stick with what they did before. They They had a fan council set up for these kind of things where they could run it past a group of selected fans that were of different levels of, of experience or age or whatever. And they did, they, they just put it to one side. They just didn't find the time in the end to kind of put that through. Maybe they need that again. So they can run things via the fans, not just bring things in out of the blue, like they've been doing recently. And just realize at the end of the day, your fans are the most important things you have at the club, not the players. Not the owners, nothing. The fans are the most important people in a club and piss them off at your peril. The one thing I think, and I would have just thought this, it would have been funny if they did the chain thing based on the nicknames and anything. If you'd beat Coventry, that'd be the only thing I'd kind of go, do you know what? The old uh, Chav nickname be a little bit funny. But that's it. Um, I think the point you're making in terms of having the club having the fan base all pulling together is I think it's important across the whole league um, it doesn't matter if you are the biggest happy clapper it doesn't matter if you're the most curmudgeon person it doesn't matter if you are the most sarcastic twat about everything each club it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter if you just don't care about the rules you just want to go and watch your team it doesn't matter if you're a fan who has an interest that knows all the, the nuances of the game the club's job should be primarily to get every single group on the same hymn sheet because, well, like I say, when you get that, it doesn't matter if you've got 8,000 fans or 2,000 fans, and I'm not disrespecting the teams that have got 2,000 in terms of capacity. If you get that, you become a force. Because you all go forward. And every, you just, you're backed. And when you've got that feeling, it's some... It's, it's, and you'll know from different sports teams, it's got to be the same. When you get that, it's a good feeling. And I'm just thinking, God, it's just kind of... I don't know if it's they, they don't realise or they don't... Um, understand, but there just seems to be the kind of, you're always going to get partings of, of different types of fans, but there's so much of a gap. And you see more of the old fans really tearing into themselves and others, and it's like some of them you're like, I don't get this. You don't see this before, and it's, it's a strange one. Uh, for me as well, it's the ring. The, what, the arena, whatever you call. It's not big enough. They knew that. It's, they are, they the executive boxes are non-existent. They're trying to do it now. Outside, it's overgrown. They've just not done... They've not foresee any sort of success. And they can't compete with Sheffield with getting all the fans in because there's a hell out every year. So they're having to do more. They've got too many people on their payroll with the owners and everything going on. And that's why they're having to squeeze every... Si- bit of money. When Andrew Lord was there, it was known he would get a player to sign for him because every player was looked after and you had a chance of winning something. Now, that's not the case. You've got a mix-up of coaches. 
You've not guaranteed to be looked after the way you were. I think Cardiff, are, they're in limbo land. And it's just the way they're going is not the Cardiff Devils I know. And I know I've, as a Blaze fan, I've got no horse in the race with that. But becoming very, very unlikable. I think that they take it for granted a little bit now. I think, as you say, the capacity is such that it'll take a lot of work to fill that rink. There's enough fans now, whether they, they go every week or they go every other week or every month. There's enough fans now that could quite easily sell out every week. With a fairly competitive team and a fairly exciting team, they haven't got to do a lot of work to sell out. The fact that they got great crowds pre-season, that says it all. And it, as you say, they, they can't get any bigger than what they are. Are they just taking for granted what they've got? You know, they can't get any bigger. This talk of going into this new arena in the Bay, 15,000, 16,000 capacity, wherever it's going to be, not going to happen. You know, it's just way, way, way too big for the league. And it must be quite boring if, like, if the, you know, the management group or the owner is running it because you can't get any bigger than what you are. You know, you're literally just the best you could expect to be is maintain what you've got. And you stand still in sport, you get left behind. You haven't got another 4,000 seats like Sheffield have to sell or Belfast or Nottingham. And if they did have that, then perhaps they'd be working a bit harder, working a bit smarter, and maybe perhaps doing more for their fans. Um, but the way there is now, they haven't got to try anymore because the fans' disciples will still go regardless because they think the sun shines out of certain people's asses. It's, it's one that, and I say, I say this as a fan of a rival team, you want your top-end teams to do well from their own business model and all that jazz. You want the, the other teams to also kind of be able to compete. But you don't want to see the, 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 any teams kind of start to you know, have a split in the fan base, a, a bad split. Now, I'm not saying it's there, but you see the signs. And I've seen it in Sheffield. I've seen it many times in Sheffield. And if someone at Cardiff can go, okay, let's just take a step back. Let's just have a look at things. Let's read the room. Let's go back. And I'm not saying change the logo, but go back to what the identity of the Cardiff Devils is. And this is an outside looking in when I'm saying that. But if you go back to that and do what works, what is, and what the fans will want and will buy, then, you know, it brings everything back together. And any team that can do, have that, all every element of the fan base pulling together, going forward, makes them a dangerous prospect because, you know, when, the, when you've got the fans behind you, wholehearted, it's, it's just a better prospect. I just think maybe Cardiff just needs just a step back. Just let's just read the room. That's it's for me so the big thing. Of the big the big thing for me is this, the chain new merchandise. It just doesn't fit any narrative of what the Cardiff Devils have been. What mm. you know, it's a historic franchise in in the British game. I have no point. Can you go? Well, where does that fit in? Well, that doesn't fit in at any point in any of the years the Cardiff Devils have been going. Yeah, it's ironic you say that because. There's people in positions in that club that do understand that. They've been fans themselves prior to being involved in the club for many, many, many years. More than one person. Volunteers have been around for years. They, they they should be getting the information they need. So if decisions have been made above their level, there should be enough knowledge in that club to, to challenge and say, no, that's not going to be a good idea. Why isn't that happening? At the end of the day, I mean... 
yeah, maybe when the older fans die off and all the new fans can be you know, brainwashed, maybe that's what they want. They want all the old fans who kick back and who fall for the crowd to go and and when they can be replaced by people who buy anything, will believe anything, will cheer for anything. That's probably what they prefer. But at the end of the day, that's not the way, the way to treat people who've kept you alive for years and years and years and without the fans who have been around for a long time, that club wouldn't even exist anymore. There'd be no rink in the bay. There'd be no team at all. And it's sad because there's a lot of fans down there that have given that club all the life. And I think they're the kind of fans, again, taking the, the piss off now. I think it's one that's going to be very much keep eye on. Not as in a major drama or anything, just, just see how it goes. See if anything changes. And Because, in fairness, Cardiff can do that. They have the capacity. They've shown that we can get everyone behind them. And it all will be well with the world. But uh, as we always say on this podcast, time will tell. Now, I have nothing left on the agenda. Uh, quick shout of any other business. I'm getting shaking head. So um, that's it for this episode. We'll talk of socials, Instagram, Twitter, at Free and Free Podcast UK, Facebook, Free and Free Podcast UK. You can check back on all the old episodes from the uh, – has been and will be hopefully again in the future the number one ranked podcast in the UK um, and we still sell the merchandise um, we're still getting sales uh, as ever the money that will the, the commission that we get from them will be going to the all-star weekend uh, and the fundraiser that goes there so please keep buying uh, I need to put my order in when I come back off holiday because a few more items that I'd like to get so uh, John Scott as ever thank you for your time Thank you, lads. There's me saying again earlier. Oh, I'll probably be a quick one tonight, boys. Maybe 45 minutes. But yeah, we, we obviously got the passion back, haven't we? We've, uh, been a bit brutal tonight, but we say like it is and we own it. And I don't regret anything we've had said tonight because we say what people want to say. We do indeed. We do indeed. And, uh, I do not wish Pep any success in Nottingham this year. But the juices are flowing, boys. And let's close the gate. Let's consider the gate closed on this episode of the 3 on 3 podcast.